Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our scripture for today is from Colossians 2. It's on the back of your bulletin. It's also on the screen if you'd like to follow along. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Watch out that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by the removal of the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food or drink or or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the body belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, initiatory visions puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental principles of the world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. All these regulations refer to things that perish with use. They are simply human commands and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety and humility and severe treatment of the body, but they are of no value in checking self-indulgence. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're settling into the letter to the Colossians, written by a student of Paul's to a diverse community in what is now modern-day Turkey. We've covered the greetings, the opening poem, and a key element of Pauline epistles, the inclusion of the Gentiles. Thanks be to God. And in today's text, the writer finally gets to the meat of the issue. 
which is these false teachers that are attempting to lure the Colossians away from the gospel. We get a few clues to what these teachers are preaching, but all the religious sects and offshoots that scholars know about from this time and place don't really quite add up to what this writer is talking about. This is just one of those things lost to time. However, the things we do know are interesting. So we know that this group emphasizes the gospel plus something else, right? Visions, special experiences, abstaining from different foods, focusing on other spiritual powers and special secret knowledge. It's not only Christ, it's Christ plus something else. And we also know that this group's teaching produces elite groups within the church that is hurting the whole body of believers. It's creating factions and elevating certain people over the other. And finally, this group preaches a dualistic view that the body and material reality are inferior or even evil compared to the intellect or the soul. They say that the only thing that matters is the heart in some heavenly realm, that life on earth, the real bodily and social needs of humans is subordinate and disconnected from the soul. And to the Colossians, who have on some level found these teachings compelling, the writer reminds them of their baptism. She or he says to remember how you were once rooted and built up and established. Remember the cool water that washed over you as you were buried in Christ, and remember the rush of air that swept over your face as you were raised in Christ's likeness. And before the writer even gets to all the details of what these teachers are proclaiming, we get a long list, right? She hums a familiar tune, one we've already heard in this letter. She repeats a line, for in Christ, the fullness of deity dwells bodily. It probably sounds catchier in ancient Greek than in English. But do you remember the song, the poem at the beginning of Colossians? For in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Now, this may seem like small potatoes to you. Right? Yeah, yeah, God dwelled in Jesus. Okay, what's the big deal? What's it got to do with the Colossians? Well, these teachers seem to think that bodies don't have anything to say about the divine. That you need all this extra stuff to access God. They had taken captive the imaginations of the Colossians, spinning a world that was outside of the real lived experiences of the church. Now, it may feel to us modern readers that these teachers are so obviously wrong, right? We are people of the table, after all. We remember Christ's body and blood every single week when we take communion. But there are rulers and authorities that compete for our imagination, too. Our imaginations often fall captive to things like the logic of the economy, as though the world were governed not by Christ, but by the market's invisible hand. This magical, ethereal, unexplainable power that makes nations bend over backwards to appease it. Or perhaps we fall captive to the principles of law and order, convinced that in order to sustain our well-being and security, 
We must be firm in our devotion to a code of laws and punishments eked out by humans. We live afraid to violate the logic of retribution, as though an eye for an eye were the basic order of the cosmos. The cosmos that the Colossians writer has said is held together by Christ. But this writer reminds the Colossians that it is significant that Christ came in a body. The incarnation was not some inconsequential detail of that story. It is the story. The fullness of God lived in a human body that had aches and pains, that made embarrassing noises, that smelled bad after a hard day's work. His body was like my body, like your body. He bled and he bruised. He, like we will one day, heaved a last breath. And in that body, the fullness of God dwelled which must mean that the human body, that Christ's body, that your body might have something to say about God. We live in bodies, we are bodies. God is pleased to dwell in a body. And in this deeply spiritual and theological embodiment, we encounter the divine. Now, if you are like me, Your body has not always cooperated the way that you would like it to. Perhaps your eyes are cloudier than they once were. Maybe the hip or the knee that once brought you places gracefully now has something to say with every step. Maybe your reproductive organs did not behave the way that all the books said they would. I want to invite you now to draw your hand to the place on your body that hurts. We're all going to do it, so it's not going to be embarrassing, okay? So just wherever it hurts on your body, put your hand there. Maybe it's your spine with a slipped disc, right? Or arthritis in your hands or your knees. Maybe your head is pounding or your neck is so tight it could crack a walnut. Maybe there's a stiffness in your shoulder or your deltoid or your chest. Perhaps your digestive system conspires against you. So put that hand there softly and tenderly on the spot where it hurts for no other reason than to give some tenderness to our bodies where Christ dwells, a body that God was pleased as punch to make. Because to know our bodies, to consider each twinge and crack, is spiritual care. They are not divorced one from the other. So take a moment of grace and mercy with that pain. You can rest your hands back in their place now. There's a reason that our spiritual practices are so embodied. That it's not a mere intellectual pursuit, but that we eat and we drink. We take big breaths and sing out hymns together, and some of us even sway to the music. There's a reason we associate prayer and penance with postures, right? We have postures for these things. 
It's because our bodies are messengers of the divine. Even in their brokenness, particularly in their brokenness, our tendons and our ligaments, our aorta and our sinuses, our vagus nerve and our colon, they've all got stories. And the fact that God cares deeply about our bodies and speaks through the tangible, material reality of our lives means that our faith is necessarily wrapped up in the tangible, material reality of our lives. It means that the bodily needs of others are of the utmost importance to God. It means that our faith must deal with people's hunger. It must reckon with the absolute human need for access to clean water. It must recognize people's need for health care and shelter. It means we have to pay attention to how these things are not given to the people around us. For how there's an ongoing famine in Yemen that goes largely ignored by the West and an imminent famine in parts of Africa because of the war in Ukraine for how a third of Pakistan is underwater, for how there is not clean water coming anytime soon to Jackson, Mississippi, for how there are people in our country who do not have the health care that they need to take care of their bodies, for how the maternal mortality rate, particularly of black women in Tarrant County, is one of the worst in the country, for how there are kids sleeping on the streets or dying by their own hands because of the way their loved ones have rejected their queer identities. All of these things have something to do with this ancient letter, with this tiny hymn tucked away in Colossians. And it has something to do with our faith. Arguably, everything to do with our faith. Because a Christian spirituality that does not contend with the agony, the glory, the healing, and the restoration of the body is a tragedy. And it is false teaching, Colossians tells us. For Christ is the one from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with a growth that is from God. Cole Arthur Riley, the brilliant person behind Black Liturgies, a social media liturgical movement, wrote this. I don't think it's an accident that we are made to remember God through an act that nourishes us in our own bodies. You want to tell me to love God? Ask me when I've last eaten. Come now, you want me to tell you a prayer? You'll find it in the blood beating from my heart to head to toe and home again. Don't ask me of salvation. Listen to the hum of my chest as I now fall asleep. I cannot see the face of God by rejecting my own. Our worship, our liturgy is embodied from the very beginning at baptism. Baptism signifies how we come to this fullness in Christ, that we remember this incarnate miracle. The writer tells the Colossians, before he gets into the meat of all these false teachings, you are baptized. And to you, I say now, you are baptized. So when your imagination is captive to a disembodied power, remember your baptism. 
You are fleshy and human, and you are the image of the divine. Remember your baptism because it calls you back to the one who preoccupied himself with making sure people were eating, who contended with their bodily illnesses and ailments, who held the fullness of God as his disgusting feet were cleaned by Mary. Remember your baptism because it reminds you that we are all mortal and we are all beloved. And those things matter. They are divine matters. No matter what any powers and principalities have to say about it, we are mortal and we are beloved. And in this truth, we find God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.